1 Corinthians chapter number 13, and we're going to continue our series on loving God, and we've been talking about what we've entitled crazy love, all right? The love of God. What is the love that the Bible teaches that we ought to have? Because if we're going to love God, then you got to know what love is. If you don't know, uh, then there's really no way that you can love God the way the Bible teaches. And so uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's a, it's a passage that talks about love. It's a passage that really teaches us about the value of love. In fact, it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I'm become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. So we learn that there's a value to love. The Apostle Paul here is telling the, the church at Corinth, listen, love is very important. At the church of Corinth, they were all about the gifts. They were all about your talents. They were all about, look what I can do. And the Apostle Paul, if you read this letter that he writes to them in chapter 12, he's talking about how we should be unified. Uh, the Corinthian church with all their talent and all their abilities and all their trendiness, they were divided. They were allowing sin to go rampant in their church. Uh, they were not really living for God, they were living for themselves. And they thought, well, we, we look okay, we were dressing uh, how we think we should, and we're, we're very talented, we're using our gifts that God has given us. And Paul said, well, it's good to use your gifts, and God gives each and every one of us, the minute that you get saved, God gifts you in an area. The Bible talks about different kinds of gifts. Some of you, God gifts, uh, is going to gift you with the ability to be really good at administration. Some of you are going to be really good at teaching God's word. Some of you are going to be very uh, just good at being able to share the gospel with people. And uh, you just, there, there's a lot of gifts that God gives us. And in Romans chapter 12, he, he talks a little bit about those gifts. But Paul said, you know, as, as great as that is, that's not the most important thing. He said, I, I want you to understand that love is more valuable than even your own talents that you have, than your own abilities. And so he shared uh, love's value with those in the church of Corinth. In fact, we read about those. We said it's more important than your gifts. Love is more important than what God has gifted you in, the talents that you have and how you serve God. God said, listen, you know, it came to a point uh, in, the, in the history of the children of Israel where God told them, you know what, I'm tired of your sacrifices. I'm tired of you coming and attending and doing what you're doing. I'm tired of you being religious. He said, I, I want you to be more than that. I want you to seek after me. I want you to love me. In the, in, in the book of Isaiah, that's what the prophet Isaiah said. He said, God's tired of all of this religious life. I want something sincere. I want something real. And you know, that's what love does. When you have true love, when you understand love, and when you begin to love God, you, you begin to realize that it's more than just about being at church. 
I'm excited that you guys are here. I'm glad because this is a right decision for you to make. It's good to be here. It's good to be around God's word. It's good to hear what his uh, word says and to apply it into our lives. But you know, if you're here just because there's no other place that you can be, but you'd rather be there. If, there's, if you're here because, well, I, I just need to you know, score some points with God so things will come out right in my life, then you're here for the wrong reasons. And if, if I could say it this way, God is saying, you know, I'm tired of you coming to church. Can you imagine God saying that? I'm tired of you coming to church. I'm tired of you singing the way you're singing. I'm tired of you opening your word, the, the, my word the way you're doing that. He said, not because I don't want you to sing to me, not because I don't want you to open my word and read it, not because I don't want you to be in my house. He said, but I'm sick of the, the motive behind it. I'm sick of the fact that there's no love there. It's just like, it's what you do. And the Apostle Paul here is telling the church at Corinth, just like God was mad at those Israelites back then with their religious sacrifices. Listen, God's not happy when you have all these gifts and all these talents, but you have no love. You say love is the primary thing. It's something that God values. We said it's more important than your faith. The Apostle Paul said, though you have faith, it's still more important to have love than the faith that you displayed. It's more important than your goodness, your good works, your good deeds. It's, it's more than how good you can be. And then we said, that is more important than your sacrifice. Uh, no matter what you sacrifice for when it comes to God and, and serving Him, uh, the Bible says love's more important. And God said, I'd rather you love me first than serve me first. You say, why would God say that? You see, because those that love God will serve God. Not everyone that serves God loves God. But everyone that loves God will serve God. There's an order there. There's an order. You can actually come to church and read your Bible and memorize Scripture and do all these things that are Christian and good and still not love God. And that's why God gets to a point where He says, I'm tired of that. I want you to be sincere. I want you to know that your love for me is more important than all of that. Love's value is great. And then what about love's veins? How does love get displayed? And the Apostle Paul starts in verse number four. He says, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up. We said this. We says, love is patient even when being provoked or in difficulty. That's what it means to be suffering long. It means, hey, be patient. Love is patient. Now, when we're loving God in this way, we're saying, God, I want to be patiently waiting for you. Psalm chapter 27 and verse number 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That waiting on the Lord is, is a love for, for God to say, I'm going to be patient even when I'm going through this trial, even in this difficulty, I'm going to be patient. That's loving God. That's how you can love him. And then we said, loving God is doing good to others around us and reaching out in action. That's what, that's what he means when he says, and love is kind. 
Kind is an action. To be kind to someone is something that you perform for them. And he says, you know, when you love someone, it's doing good to them, reaching out. And when you love God, it's saying, listen, I'm going to do good for God. Reach out in kindness. And then we said that love is celebrating what others have instead of hating them for it. He says, charity envieth not. Envy is, is something that as human beings, we can do so easily. You know, you ever been on uh, Amazon scrolling and just envying? <laughs> or you see somebody at school or you see someone at church and you go, man, I, I wish I had what they have. Why, why can't I have what they have? And envy is, is saying, I want that, what they have. Not something like it, that could be jealousy, but instead hating somebody for what they have. Love does not do that. Love is accepting for what we have. It's, it's content. In other words, God, I'm going to be content. As I love God, right, that means I'm going to be content with what I have. I'm not going to be hating what God is giving others, but rather I'm going to be content with what God has given me. And then we said that love is seeking to uplift and edify others, but not himself. It says it's not puffed up, Right? It vaunteth not itself. That means it looks to edify, uplift others, not us. And loving God means I'm going to exalt him, not me. And then not puffed up means it's, it, love is humble and recognizing it's not about our, ourselves. That's what, that's what he means. He says someone that is loving, when someone is acting in love, they're saying it's not about me. It's not about if people think I'm a good person or not a good person. It's not about are people seeing what I'm doing or are they not seeing what I'm doing. It's not about are they going to recognize me or are they not going to recognize me. Am I going to have the opportunity to do this or that? No. See, love doesn't have those kinds of thoughts. Love is all about others, not myself. So when you're loving God, that means you're all about Him, not about you. It's, it's interesting that whenever I've done a counseling, and I've done quite a few counseling over the last 13 years, but I have found this in almost every counseling session that I have done, whether it be with teenagers or whether it be with adults, whether it be with people that are single or people that are married, I've found this. A lot of the problems that they have in their life is a result of them being the center of their life. And it's interesting because you'll be talking with them and you'll, you'll, you'll try to point out the fact that, you know, the, the problem is, is that you, you think too much of yourself, that, that your world, since it revolves all around you, you're offended about everything, you're mad about everything, and, and, uh, and you think that everybody's talking about you, everybody's out to get you, everybody's judging you. And the fact of the matter is the, the, the problem is you. And they'll say, no, no, pastor, you don't understand. I come to church faithfully. I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. But once again, you can serve God and not love God. You can actually serve God and still be the center of your own life. And so many times, the, the, the time that you make a breakthrough with somebody, the, the time that I really see people change as a result of the counseling session is when they realize, you know what? I am living a little bit too much for me. I'm, I really am the center of my life. 
And the moment that they realize that and they get themselves off the throne of their life and they put Jesus as the center of their life, everything changes. Suddenly, they're not fighting with everybody all the time. Suddenly, they're getting along with everybody. Suddenly, church is a little more fun. The Bible is a lot more interesting, a lot more uh, applicable to their life, and everything changes. Why? Because they're starting to realize that's how you, that, that's how you love God. That's what love is. So we find that love is humble, but then we also have been learning that love is behaving in an appropriate manner. Notice in verse number five, and this is a little bit new, it says, love does not behave itself unseemly. In other words, it behaves in a way that is appropriate. In fact, some versions say it doesn't behave rudely. But rudely is uh, kind of like if I'm talking and somebody suddenly just got up right now and started talking or two of you just start talking while I'm talking, that would be rude, right? But that's not what he's talking about here. He's not talking about what, you know, are you chewing with your mouth full? Are you not, you know, are you interrupting someone when they're speaking? That's not what he's talking about when he, when he says unseemly or rudely. He's talking about the way you conduct yourself in an appropriate manner. In other words, in a way that ought to be the way you ought to do something. See, love always behaves the way it ought to behave. So what does that mean? Okay, according to the, to the Bible, when someone offends me, what should I do? How many think the Bible says you, you ought to get revenge? That's interesting. How many say, well... From what I understand, if someone offends me, the Bible says I should forgive them. All right, it's good. Most of you are saying, yes, that's what the Bible says, that's what I've heard. It does. It says, love your enemies, do good to them that persecute you and hate you. Pray for them. Now, here's what love does. If you really love someone, if you really have love in your heart, if you really understand what love is, then you'll behave appropriately when someone begins to talk bad about you and lies about you and offends you. You know what love does? It behaves appropriately. How does it behave appropriately? It does what God's word says to do. That simple. It does not behave itself unseemly. You see, when you love God and you have love in your heart, you will behave in a certain way. You, you will forgive those that offend you. you. You will do good to those that are in need. You will sacrifice for others if you love God. Because that's what loving God is all about. That's what love's all about. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but as we've been studying this passage, maybe you would agree with me. We live in a world that doesn't have a whole lot of love. Oh, it's got some good deeds here and there, but there's not love. Love goes deeper than just, here, here's some money. Have a good one. It's more than that. But then he says, love does not behave itself unseemly, but it seeketh not her own. It's desiring to give more than you get. Love desires to give more than you get. In a season where we celebrate giving, it's interesting, how many times do we think this way? How many times have you thought, I'm going to give mom and dad something more than what I get this year? And that's hard to do. Sometimes we think, oh, giving is monetarily. I, I, don't, I don't have a job. How am I going to give them more than they give me, Pastor? That's crazy. 
You know, there's more to gifts than just money. There's more to giving than just an iPad or an iPod or some material possession. There's more to that. I wonder if you stop to think about and saying, okay, if I love my parents, love always seeks to give more than it gets. I wonder, how can I love them this Christmas? What could you do? You give your time. Maybe you could write a note. Maybe you could pray with them or just talk with them. It's amazing what love will will lead you to if you really love. You see, when you love God, it's not about if I do this, is God going to bless me? You know, when I was a teenager, I thought like that a lot. I used to think, oh man, I, I got to behave that way, we'll win the game tomorrow. I better, I better do things right so that girl will say yes to me when I ask her out. You see, because it's like, it's, it's almost like uh, karma. You do good, you get good. But the Bible doesn't teach that. That's not love, by the way. That's selfish. If I'm helping you so I can get something in return, that's not, that's not love. That's a transaction, right? I mean, I, uh, I got online uh, for Apple to buy this. Apple didn't give me this out of the goodness of their heart. Apple wasn't like, you know what we need? We need more youth pastors that have iPads. That's what we need. No, that's not what Apple was thinking at all. Apple said, hey, you give me the money for this and we'll send it to you in the mail. There's no love there. It was just a transaction. It's business. It's what we do. So many times, young people, what we do, we say, oh, I love you. But you're really asking, what am I going to get out of this? But love doesn't do that. That's what the Apostle Paul says. <laughs> it seeketh not her own. Love's not looking to get. It's just looking to give. And then it says, it's not easily provoked. It's doing right even when having been wronged. And then he says, it's okay for getting others' faults against them. In other words, not holding them to it. It says, it's not easily provoked and it thinketh no evil. Love is more than that. It's interesting. It's interesting when you start looking at, do you really love people or not? What does the Bible say about love? How much do we hold things against others? How they've wronged us or what they've done? Then notice it says in verse 6, Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Is sorrowful for the misfortunes of others, even their own enemies. That's what love is. It doesn't rejoice when someone... Listen, I know it's easy to rejoice when someone's been bad and talk bad about you to see them have something bad happen to them. Oh, man, let me tell you something. I've been in leadership for 13 years. Uh, there's been many times as a youth pastor that I have found out someone has said this and this at a party about me. And let me tell you, in my flesh, I'm just like, oh, I hope things go so bad for them. How dare they talk about me like that? What's their problem? They didn't even talk to me. They're talking behind my back and they're talking about me. Why would they do that? We love it in movies, right? We love it when the bad guy gets it at the end, right? It's like, oh, 
Yes, that's what we want. It's like you watch Cinderella and you're like, man, I hope that stepmom, ooh, I hope she gets it. And we actually are excited at the end of the movie, aren't we? Like, huh, good, good. I hope she's in the basement. I hope she's uh, working, scrubbing the floors with a toothbrush. That's what she deserves. But you know, love doesn't do that. This real love is sorrowful for the misfortunes of others. When things go bad, you know, one thing that's amazing about King David, he, he felt bad when things went bad for King Saul. He wasn't there going, ha, oh, man, King Saul, guy's seeking my life. He's seeking to kill my family. Man, I, 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 the moment I get, I'm going to slit his throat. Not David. And David was a man that knew how to love. And he was sorrowful the misfortunes of it. He was ho- sorrowful when he heard that Saul died. He was sorrowful when he heard that Abner, who was the captain of the opposing army, the one that was coming against him, he was sad. And he said, hey, we, we ought not to celebrate because someone has died. No, no, this, these, these are great men that have gone down. Man, he was loving. And then we find that it rejoices in truth. And so many times, young people, we've got to understand what are we rejoicing in? Love, love helps you to rejoice, to be happy in things that you ought to be happy in. So you say, well, how do I love God? Well, loving God is feeling what He feels. Do you know that God loves everybody the same? He doesn't love Jose more than He loves me. He doesn't love me more than He loves Jose. He doesn't say, well, one, one's a youth pastor. He serves me full time. And the other one, he's graduating from high school. Mm, he serves me sometimes. So I'll love him sometimes. And I'll love the youth pastor all the time. That's not how God works. Do you know that God loved Osama bin Laden just as much as he loved me? Do you know that God loved Adolf Hitler just as much as he loved me? Do you know that God loves the rapist and the murderer just as much as he loves me and just as much as he loves you? He's not rejoicing in that. He doesn't take pleasure in punishing sin. God doesn't. Why? Because he loves us. Uh, Loving God is knowing what I should rejoice in and what I should not rejoice in. That's love. So I wonder, as we, as we study what love is all about, and we've got two more verses, and then we'll be done on this passage of love. I'm just, I'm just wondering tonight, I wonder how many of us really love God. Understanding what love really is, I wonder, do we really love God, or is it that we say we love God? Do we really love God? Do we really love His Word, or do we just, think because we've read the Bible that we love him because we're here at his house then we love him but according to first Corinthians man love is more than that much more than that so the challenge for us tonight it's very simple it's going to be the challenge that we have for the whole school year love God and the prophet Micah told the people of Israel What else do you need to do? What does God expect of you? Just to love Him.
just to love him. Jesus said, all the commandments rest on one commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. On that commandment, everything else hangs. You see, to not tell a lie is because you love. To not kill is because you love. To not commit adultery is because you love. To not have any other gods before God is because you love. To keep the Sabbath holy is because you love. To honor your father and your mother, it's because you love. All the commandments are connected to this thing of love. God says, if you learn what love is, and if you can learn to love, if you decide, you know what, I'm going to live my life loving God, everything else comes into place. Everything. Simple challenge. Let's love God this week. Let's love him. Let's not say we love him. Let's not do without thinking. But rather, let's just love God.